Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Shredded Ed, Cardio Johnny, Paul C, Matt Mork Super Troll, and Brazil Hadley. The best infotainment show around where you'll hear us joke, banter, and debunk all the nutritional myths you've heard time and time again, helping you get fit, healthy, and shredded. So welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast, episode 48. I'm not going to lie, that was, that was pretty good for my first attempt, I think. Uh, I think uh, I think Brett, as you can tell, is, might not be with us. Um, obviously, still alive. Um, he's not he's not passed away in the last week. But uh, yeah, I think I think you're out of a job, mate. Uh, got the number right and everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm joined with uh, or joined by Johnny tonight. How are you, how's it going, Johnny? Sunburned, sunburned on my my face. I I, I made. A good decision before I went out and put a hat on because with my lack of hair, yeah, it would burnt. So I made a good decision early on. Wore a hat. Uh, I was going to say, are you getting to the point now where you're you can burn your head easily? Well, you're a father, oh, yeah. so yeah, easy. That's <laughs> it. As soon as you turn to a dad, that's it. You uh, you just lose your hair and burn your head. Lose your hair. <laughs> Can't eat properly. Don't sleep. There we go. Fatherhood wrapped up in, in one one line. Um, okay, so we've got a pretty cool episode this week uh, because we have been recruiting here at No Nonsense Nutrition and um, we have a lovely new coach who has joined us this week. Um, and if you don't live in a, in a cave or under a rock, then you'd have seen on Facebook or on Instagram and everything else that um, Fran Bolt... A former podcast episode guest, um, I think it was episode eight. Uh, yeah, is now uh, latest and greatest member of No Nonsense Nutrition. So welcome, Fran. Thank you very much. I am very excited to have joined the team. <laughs> it's yeah, exciting. It's going to be cool. So um, yeah. we had quite a few people asking us why it was five guys and there was no uh, no no females. So we thought, right, let's get a female on board, and who better to ask them, Fran? Yeah, so we're pretty excited to have you. Um, so I She's an awesome character as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get on to that. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I suppose we best... Find, I mean, we know a little bit about you from episode eight, so um, yeah. obviously we know kind of like your, your backstory, so um, to say repeating ourselves, I suppose we won't go into that too much. So if you want to know sort of like sort of Fran's childhood I suppose and her kind of uh, entry into the nutrition and training world then uh, episode 8 is is a very very good listen I think it's one of our most downloaded episodes and it's also the one we oh, kind wow. of get the most um, sort of compliments about and stuff like that so when, when we did announce it to the world <laughs> and to our clients that you were joining uh, all the all the comments and messages were pretty positive so yeah yeah if you me. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even from the teasers. So I put up, if you haven't seen, I put up blurred photos and like straight away people are like, yeah, that's Fran. <laughs> I was like, damn it. Yeah, it was my Instagram profile picture, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, so you've got a few stalkers out there who know you. <laughs> so, yeah, so, um, so, well, how's things going, first of all? You two, are you sunburnt as well, Fran, or have you been a bit more sensible? I haven't actually been outside that much today because I've had so much work to do which is really boring but it's the final three weeks of my degree so it's kind of important to crack down um I, I but suppose, yeah it's been yeah. nice it's been Good. nice to have some sun back in in england because it's been really like rubbish basically 
So already, right. already she's um, setting herself as the smartest coach because she's not sunburnt, so. <laughs> <laughs> not sunburnt and studying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what are you studying? Uh, so I am in my final three weeks of a sport and exercise undergraduate at Loughborough University. Um, so, yeah, I handed in my dissertation last week. Um, so that's all done and dusted. And it's just on to one presentation, three exams, and then I'm graduated. Nice. So that's all very exciting. That's a pretty hectic final semester because I know I, I did the same degree. And mine was mm. a dissertation one uh essay and one exam that was it um, yeah yeah so that, that's pretty pretty full-on <laughs> yeah so I think two of the exams are within like 24 hours of each other so like one's in the evening and then one's the next morning oh god so it's gonna be a fun fun 24 hours yeah yeah definitely yeah a big party afterwards though hopefully yeah hopefully I've <laughs> got to wait for my friends to finish the following week but oh yeah Party on your own. Celebrations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I suppose with Loughborough, it's quite a party place, anyway, isn't it? So. Yeah, it's definitely a good nightlife up there. So. Yeah. That should oh, well, be fun. We wouldn't really know because I think the only time whenever we've been out in Loughborough, we always just go to Revs and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got. Oh, I forgot you guys have all come up to Loughborough. Yeah. And um, the students' union is quite a big night out for students, and then obviously you've got Revs in town. So yeah, not bad. Yeah, plenty of places to go. Um, mm-hmm. So, what's your dissertation in? Uh, so my dissertation was in a study, I actually don't know how much I can talk about it, um, but, but it, was, it was a study where we took participants and we fed them a high-fat overfeeding diet, so 150% of their requirements, so as you can imagine that's a lot of food for some of the bigger guys, you're sort of pushing six, 7,000 um, for seven days, and we had one group with a probiotic supplement and then a control group. And we were basically looking at inflammation markers, um, weight gain, uh, blood markers uh, to see what effects the probiotics had on either protecting against a high fat diet or um, doing nothing, basically. Cool. So, yeah. And you're not allowed to share the results? Um, I don't think yet because it's not published. It is actually going to be a properly published paper. Um, I believe it's going to be written up later on this year. So, cool. Um, so you'll, yeah. you'll have your name on a on a journal. That'd be really cool. Yeah, yeah. So well, that makes me clever. Clever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was really annoying when I did my dissertation. They said, um, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," because it's so unique and um, there wasn't really anything out there in in my demographic uh, on what I did it in. And like, yeah, yeah. If you, you know, if you do well, then um, it's, there's a high chance it'll be published. So got a first in my dissertation and was like, yeah, I'm, uh, I, this could be it. And then nothing. Even at my graduation ceremony, I went to speak to my, my dissertation lecturer and, um, and nothing. Oh, yeah, you did really well. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he's, I think, oh. he's published about 30 or so times. Um, so I thought, oh, yeah. I'm in here. No, no. So no. <laughs> Maybe with a master's, I might, get, I might get something else out there as well. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, yeah. Start so. So that's what you're going on to do then? What are you doing your Masters in next year? Uh, so I'm staying at Loughborough to do a Sport and Exercise Nutrition Masters. Um, yeah, 50% to do the Masters, 50% to stay in Loughborough and stay a student for another year, basically. <laughs> Keep sponging. So, yeah. <laughs> I bet your parents <laughs> no, love not you. not at all. <laughs> I bet your parents absolutely love you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so... 
hopefully um, I'll be obviously coaching alongside that as well. So it will give me chance to just really throw myself into everything nutrition um, and study nutrition, do nutrition as a job, still have it as a hobby. So, yeah, it's going to be a good year. Full on nutrition world. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, the dream. Um, yeah, definitely. So we found out, I suppose, before that um, you did the MNU. Well, you did the MNU certification with us, but you also mm-hmm. worked alongside them as a. Was it a placement you you were doing with them for twelve months? Yeah, yeah, I was a placement student for twelve months. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. So, what sort of? Because I suppose we go on about MNU most uh, most episodes. So, what sort of things were you doing with them? Because obviously they're a bit more of a, an education platform for. Uh, mm-hmm. nutrition people, PTs, people who just love nutrition. Um, so what sort of things were you doing with them? Uh, so we spent, um, yeah, it was a crazy year actually. I'm trying to think back now. We spent obviously a lot of time um, putting together content for all of the students um, and obviously doing things like creating quizzes for the lectures, creating the exam, um, putting on the MNU live days, putting on the conference days. So you think right down to the like minor, minor details, like the pen that you get in your welcome pack. That was me, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) was the one. Um, Like sorting out pens, sorting out T-shirts. And obviously just being in that office environment with Martin, Sarah and all the other guys that work there. You just get um, constant conversation about, have you seen this study? Like, oh, this person suggested this. What do you think? And like constant dialogue about, just everything and anything going on in the nutrition world. Um, Martin has so many stories to tell. So I think you could spend years with him and still not get all of his knowledge out sort of thing. Um, so yeah, it was kind of a um, bit of admin stuff, a bit of like researching for, I don't know, the resources that we put out or um, some of the lectures, some of the quizzes. Um what else? They still had a few um, like private clients. So we had uh, some like London businessmen. So kind of like doing notes for them. I got to go into Leicester Cricket Club and do some notes for some of the um, the players there. Uh, I think that's about it. It was a very, very busy that's a year. hell of a and, list. <laughs> and yeah, it kind of um, really, really exposed me to the industry as a whole. So I'm forever grateful for the opportunity to kind of get an insight into the Mac nutrition life. That's so cool. So what would you I say? I didn't ever get on holiday with them though, so that's disappointing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They started doing that, didn't they? There was it like annual yeah. trip. <laughs> Just as I left. It's it's so so funny because seeing that, and then I've got a few friends who work for sort of big companies in uh, in London, and if you're within the top. 10 sellers or whatever of the company they take you out to like Miami and the Cayman Islands and stuff and it's just like yeah oh, right, yeah okay that's cool <laughs> maybe yeah. in a few years we'll do that <laughs> yeah we'll get a few more clients never know, never know. <laughs> yeah so, that's cool so um, what do you think the, sorry Johnny go on how many times did you hear the word gimp oh gosh <laughs> multiple times a day <laughs> add that up over a year and it's a lot <laughs> Um, is it? Have you ever worked in a school? In a school? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think so. No. no. So when you go, so I did some work experience in a school for for a week, and when you go into the staff room, all they do is slag off the students. Is it the same in the MNU uh, office? I mean, <laughs> it was just these five guys that they kept slating. 
I don't want to out, out the office. <laughs> what goes on in the office stays in the office. No, um, it, no, other than the occasional just someone makes a stupid comment or a dumb comment that it gets laughed about a little bit, but all in sort of like good good humour. There's yeah, no yeah. slagging off. I think it's, <laughs> yeah. In terms of the nutrition world as a whole can be very, very, well, you know, like bitchy, basically. Um, but no, there was always a really, really nice vibe in the office. And as much as it appears, I don't know, this is going down a rabbit hole, but as much as it appears um, someone like Martin is quite um, harsh or um, like calling people out online, he's not ever doing that without kind of like the good of other people in the back of his mind. So yeah. I think that was kind of eye-opening. It was never just go out and slate people. It was always because this misinformation is being spread and like people need to know about it or uh, like, um, yeah, basically always with the good of other people in your mind. So that was really like nice to see that side of it rather than just like, the, the yeah. Facebook front of, yeah, just, well, that guy's a gimp and that guy's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so what, what would you say the, uh, the, the biggest sort of, lesson or tip you learned being with the the MNU crew to the thing that's changed maybe your mind the most or uh the thing that's kind of impacted you you as a a coach or a, just a human as a person I think it made me be really honest with myself about what areas I needed to work on um in my own like professional practice so it's very easy to kind of just like drift through thinking, oh, I'm doing everything right. But like if there was something about how I was going about task or had an opinion on something that wasn't right, it would be kind of like called up, questioned. And it highlighted to me areas that I need to kind of focus on um, as a person in my own kind of like education. So, for example, uh, I found out that my writing is ridiculously bad. Um, so obviously well, is that in, was highlighted. Is it in handwriting or just the way you wrote things? <laughs> just the way I write things. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> um, but it just kind of um, little things about the way I went about tasks um, that kind of got brought up throughout the year that I could then address um, and have made me better, especially going into third year. Um, it's given me a lot better. I'm kind of a more rounded person as a whole and yeah. I know that's a bit wishy-washy but um yeah and it also taught me that I can work really hard like when I put my mind to it and I'm motivated I can work really really hard because we did all work super hard that year um and I don't think I ever thought that I could um kind of yeah put my mind to something as much as I did that year that's cool that's really cool so do, did you join when the first intake started or did you join during the planning process of the creation of the course it was the planning process so when I first joined it was literally like just talk in the office about oh we could have these modules or um oh like we might have a live event or we could potentially do a conference in a few years time sort of thing so it was all very new um shut that. um it was all very new um and it just kind of exploded within the year. So it was a really cool time to be a part of the company um, and seeing everything kind of just boom. So, yeah, because yeah. I mean, I think it took off a lot quicker and better than anybody could have anticipated, really. 
Uh, yeah, massive. Yeah. To have so many people on the first intake, I remember it just being such a buzz in the office, like, oh, another 50 people have signed up or another 10 are on full with honours. And it was just so exciting. And things like meeting everyone in person at the MNU live events was just like so cool to be able to put faces to names and to be able to actually see it like coming to life. So Now, were you like me and you know all these names, you see them popping up on Facebook all the time, but you like unless they were posing and wearing exactly what they are in their profile picture you just didn't have a clue <laughs> yeah definitely I'm so bad with um recognizing a person in real life versus a person on Facebook and I think I remember I think I followed Brett on Instagram already and I think I remember seeing him and being like that Brett is that not Brett is that Brizzy Hadley is that not um but yeah uh yeah it took a while to get my head around like 150 odd names per intake I can imagine yeah I'd hate to be the staff like full-time having to do that because I mean the amount of people that are in the lab alone is crazy um, yeah, yeah it's massive now isn't it <laughs> yeah I think yeah. it's well over when 500 I was, it was big enough but now it's like triple the size so I don't yeah. know how they're coping it's mad it's mad uh, so cool though so yeah being in that planning process must have been I suppose eye-opening for business-wise as well and kind of um, looking at things from a business perspective and not just a nutrition mm -hmm. perspective. So I suppose yeah. there's lots of tips to be learned there as well. Yeah, I mean, I if someone had said the word, I don't know, SEO or like, um, H, like I don't know, the coding on the back of a website, I would have just completely blanked out and been like, no, that's never me. I'm never going to be able to do that kind of stuff. Or like learning what things like MailChimp are to actually email people like that blew my mind when I first <laughs> when I first joined but, did, you, did you think yes, people were on hotmail just like entering everybody's emails yeah, in? Just email and just it. I didn't know there was all these automated things and, yeah oh, that's cool that's so very cool. eye-opening uh, yeah oh awesome so I suppose then what's the kind of what was the the you so you said about that you learn about like these little things kind of like I suppose your flaws within yourself or the things you needed to work on so what was the biggest kind of uh nutrition thing you learned that you that okay. you think could help other people on their journeys whatever it be whatever their journey be so I think one of the things that Martin was really big on that I was kind of I didn't think I agreed with to begin with was um kind of slightly more aggressive dieting styles. So in my um, head prior to, and especially coming from my background, I always thought, oh, like you don't want to be dieting someone too hard. Like they're going to get adapted to, um, like they're going to become metabolically damaged or um, adapt to such low food intakes. And I think Martin's approach with actually no, for some people you do need to get, especially females, you do need to get their calories reasonably low in order to actually see weight loss mm. um and the whole idea of at the beginning of a dieting phase sort of making the most of the fact that you are you don't have any diet fatigue you're probably not properly hungry and um, you've got a lot of fat stores to kind of to help fuel you through you can sort of diet someone a little bit more aggressively um so i think i kind of yeah that was a major thing for me especially as I probably did have a preconception of, oh, uh, I don't know, don't eat too little, otherwise you'll, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting you say that, because I, I, I don't know whether pre-M and you, you thought the same, Johnny, but I was always kind of under the 
slow and steady approach impression of kind of mm-hmm. uh, I think I even did videos on it saying like you don't want to be dieting too hard because you're more likely to binge you're more likely to kind of yeah all that sort of stuff um, yeah. and I was very much like that but and then when I looked at his kind of blasting and cruising approach I thought well, yeah. well actually that makes a lot of sense um, did you feel the yeah. same way Johnny? Yeah I was the same I, and the impression of or if you go on just a random calorie say a thousand calories where do you go from there? Yeah yeah yeah, you're in Shredsville. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> That's one of my favourite fights. Yeah. <laughs> I always think, oh, where, if you adapt to 1,000 calories, you, you, you can't, you know, you can't sustain 800 if you're, this is obviously the more, like, bigger men. You, how can you sustain 800 calories? You can't, but until he said, well, you don't need to, because yeah. you yeah. only adapt to that when you're shredded. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right, so, it's a big industry, I think, in it. I think people still believe that if you eat, if you just drop someone by a thousand, then where do they go next? You say, well, they don't, they don't need to go anywhere. Mm. Yeah, just, because, yeah. yeah. It's just them, then adherence becomes a thing, I suppose, doesn't it? And whether they can stick to yeah. that. That was probably the other thing that kind of, um, I really got my head around more is the fact that someone has to be able to stick to the diet and kind of working with, I know Sarah does a lot of work with personality types, but working out, um, on an individual basis with someone, what is actually going to work for them? So some people may love the whole hard and fast approach, lose loads of weight quite quickly, um, like get really motivated from that. And other people, like you say, will probably just do that for a few days and then want to binge. That's just kind of different people's psychology, past relationships with food and that sort of thing. So that's one of the things I love about working with people is that you really have to kind of adapt and work out what's going to work for them yeah and I suppose looking at it from like um sort of like a listener's point of view you could potentially try both if you could mm-hmm. you know if you wanted to start dieting especially when you start you you're more susceptible to things like as in you'll stick to it because you're kind of your body is a bit um it takes a few days to sort of adjust to, to hunger and things like that um yeah uh, so like you can have a day if you, if you normally eat quite a lot of food or whatever you can have a day of really low calories and you you know, say you're really busy you don't have breakfast don't have lunch you get to the evening meal and think, mm. oh bloody hell i'm not eating today you know your body takes a few days to adjust to um the, the kind of the, the the lack of calories the hunger and stuff like mm-hmm. that so i suppose you could try it for a few days and see how you get on and if you find yourself binging then um yeah that's not not the approach for you yeah. uh, change strategy yeah yeah because i know some people I, I think we sort of spoke about this a few episodes ago but a few people use like longer fasts as like an excuse to binge almost don't they um so i think it's kind of like a similar thing if that's if that's the case then probably not the thing for you uh, yeah that's yeah all to do with how different people kind of view i suppose food and different dieting strategies because I don't know, some people would be able to fast and then just eat normally and other people, like you say, would use it as an excuse to binge. But Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's I definitely think that there's a certain element of people can change which strategy works better for them dependent on their goals at the time. Uh, so I think some people that may initially think, oh, I would be a really like, I would love to aggressively diet, I'd love to lose loads of weight, may try it um, and actually find that it's completely the wrong strategy for them. But their initial thought was, oh, yeah, I think I suit that one better. Yeah. Um, and I suppose vice versa as well. Yeah, and that's where I suppose we're it's having... Part- 
somebody oversee you could help potentially to say, well, you know what, this isn't quite working for you, so you need to switch things up. Um, and also, I suppose you could you could uh, combine the two, and you could go a few days hard and fast, and you could go go a few days of being in just a small uh, deficit. So obviously, yeah. you'd have to know your calories. You probably have to be counting them to do that sort of thing. But um, yeah, or you could sort of push yourself for a few days, not really eat a great deal, eat very light. Um, and then have a few days where you kind of just eat quite normally um, if you're not tracking calories. So we don't mean going and having a cheat meal or um, going and having six McDonald's in a day, but just eating like a normal human and don't eat like a dickhead, as Johnny says. <laughs> yeah, I suppose like we were saying in the group earlier, you can bank some calories during the week and then it allows you to have a weekend where you might want to say, go out for a meal with your family without kind of stressing about it too much. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Were you going to say something, Johnny? You looked yeah. on edge. Didn't I think Lyle talked about this? Lyle McDonald. He said things after four days, then the adaptions that come to diet, and you feel a bit hungrier. Blah blah blah. So be aggressive for four days. Um, mm-hmm. have like have like a higher calorie day, like more like a refeed. Mm-hmm. Then go again for the four days hard. Then another one. Then go again. And I think I think they're on about then doing it as you get into the diet more and more and more having two of these higher days a week so you're aggressive maybe three days one off aggressive again three days and i think they were talking about the maximum they could have done it was three days a week could have higher days because it makes them the low days ridiculous that you can't really practically sustain it for any sort of performance yeah Um, so when when you say about that when you say higher days do you mean like a day at maintenance a day just over just under um, I think it was at was that maintenance. I think it was at maintenance, I believe. Yeah. But I think he worked over the weeks or whatever, like it was like fifteen thousand cows over the week. He'd be as aggressive as possible. Yeah. So that of it depends on how aggressive you are on those off well, on those aggressive days to what your higher days would be. I mean they could be um a surplus for those days. Yeah. So it depends who set it up, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, and no, it's a strategy I actually tried last year. So I, obviously, when I was um, at Mac, I wanted to try all these different things on myself, and I've always liked using myself as a bit of an experiment. But I did, um, so I would train four days a week and have three rest days. Maybe one of them was a cardio day or something. But I would diet really hard on those three days, so be in quite an aggressive deficit, and then just be at maintenance for the rest of the days. And that worked really nicely for me because I still had loads of food on the days I was actually training. Um, and I found that when I wasn't training, I could kind of fast the morning and I wouldn't be that hungry. And that worked really well for me last year. But yeah. I find the, the, the palatability of foods makes a big difference in those lower days. Like mm. I, for me personally, I couldn't go, I couldn't necessarily follow a flexible diet and approach on low, low days. Cause you just, one, you haven't got the calories to be sensible about it. And if you have that Mars, but you think I just want the other one, it just makes it harder for mm-hmm. you. So I think the low, low days for me would have to be very low palatable foods, like proper bro chicken, broccoli. Yeah. Really want Vol- to eat. Volume foods. Lots yeah, of volume, volume foods. Yeah. yeah, I think Matt spoke about, well, he spoke about this when we did the photo shoot the other week. And um, I can't remember if he. I can't even remember if he was on the podcast last week. It's how long this week's been, um, or whether he spoke about it. But um, and basically, he's just said that when because he was on some really really low calories uh, for for a male, and um, he was saying I, I I find it easier dieting on say twelve hundred calories than 
dieting on a you know a smaller smaller surplus uh, purely for the fact that it removes all of those flexible choices it removes the kind of the temptation and all that sort of stuff um, whereas if you have that ability to be able to play with a few calories you're more likely to be tempted to have the chocolate have the sweets um, and, and and things like that so um, yeah like you say having those low days could potentially be really really good for somebody because you are then limited to a lean cut of meat and a lot of vegetables <laughs> yeah I think you kind of learn the hard way if you go I don't know I know I've definitely done it in the past where like midday I've been like oh I'll, I'll just I'll just have a little bit extra and then you get to the evening and you're like why did I do that <laughs> yeah yeah I always think I was breakfast you have like a big yeah. breakfast instead of like just I'm very much like a whey shake and a round of toast kind of guy for breakfast. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you end up having something a bit more, maybe like a bacon sandwich or something, and you're just like, oh, why did I do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember the days when I used to diet, like, six, seven years ago before I had any clue about anything. I used to diet on, like, the standard bro. Bear in mind, I was heavy. I was, like, 16 stone as well. So I'd go mm. six days of eating chicken, rice, broccoli, and then I'd, I'd spend literally from seven o'clock in the morning till as late as I could eating, which is just ridiculous, really. And I gained, and it's not obviously all fat, but I'd been, I gained yeah. like six and a half pounds overnight. <laughs> How many calories do you reckon you packed away on those days? Well, I remember, I remember one sort of vivid day. I'd have like a, uh, back in the days where I used to be 10 week to ago. So I have like mm-hmm. 10 week to and a couple of scoops away. So that's probably like, I don't know why you didn't know what that is. And there was three weeks because it's 200 calories. So call it 700 for 10. Two scoops away is probably 200. That's an eight yeah. to nine. Chip shop, fish and chips. So that's probably 1,200, 1,500. Uh-huh. Uh, and Indian, Indian in the night, Ben and Jerry's after it. And then another 10 or whatever cereal in the night. I don't know, 5K, 6K, maybe. Every <laughs> yeah. And that was like... I'd been dieting, I was 18 storm before that, so I'd be dieting a bit. I actually remember the first time I went to a nutritionist, whatever they, whatever she was at the time, and I remember giving her my food diary. I, I had it in the house, I found it. But I, was, I was like 17, 17 stone, 10 or whatever. It was something like 5,000 calories, and it's about 9% protein. It was just flat out. It was like... Six or seven hundred grams of carbs. Wow! <laughs> Sounds glorious. It sounds absolutely glorious. As someone that's into into fitness or in the fitness industry, you kind of forget how the general population really doesn't tend to have much protein in their diet at all. So to us, when we're talking, oh, one point six to one point eight grams per kilo, it's like it's easy. It's nothing. Don't even have to think about it. But you forget. Yeah. That the normal diet really doesn't contain much protein at all. Yeah, yeah. It's normal you'd have... So, like, looking at a typical sort of food day for somebody, it would be either cereal or toast in the morning. Um, it'd probably be, like, a sandwich or some sort of meal deal or something at lunchtime. So, yeah. I mean, you might get, like, 15 grams of protein in a sandwich, depending on what it is. Um, so that's, like, the only protein you've had all day, and it was 15 grams, and then you'd have maybe some, like, meat in the evening. Um, so you're probably mm. looking at, like... 35, 40 grams of protein a day. Now, I'd have that in every single meal, um, four yeah. times a day. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I suppose if we, if anybody's sort of like a newer listener to this episode, we, you know, we have spoken about protein in previous episodes and the kind of the importance of it from all the way from training and it, you know, having a, a dose of 
if you're a female, probably 25 to 30 grams, or if you're male, 30 to 40 grams of protein a meal. Um, that's not like 40 grams of chicken. That's 40 grams of protein within the chicken. Um, you have that. That's like a, a almost like a, a spark for the muscle building response uh, for if you're training. It's all the way down to having better nails, teeth, hair, skin, all these sorts of things. If you you know if you, if that's what you care about more and you're more about the health. Um, right down to the sort, you know, the amino acids helping uh, so many different bodily processes. So it's not just, uh, you know, you don't just have to eat all the protein in the world if you're weight training. It's more of a, a health thing as well. So, and you need even more. The older you get, you need kind of more. Like I've got my yeah. grandparents making sure that they get in protein at every meal now, just because <laughs> obviously you become less sensitive to the protein that you're eating. So your requirement does go up a little bit the older you get. So I've kind of got my nan and granddad on the Greek yogurt and <laughs> making sure they have protein with their lunch and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's a great one. So, um, yeah, just things like Greek yogurt in, in, in the morning uh, is a great way of, of just mm. adding a bit more protein, yeah. So protein bars at lunchtime as well with your sandwich or whatever. Like It's, again, mm-hmm. more great ways of doing it. So yeah. Got my yeah. parents on whey protein. <laughs> <laughs> nice, smashing back shakes. <laughs> my mum still thinks that whey protein's a potion, so I haven't quite got there yet. <laughs> what are these drugs a, you're taking? <laughs> I had a message with my mother. I was in mother yeah, a couple of days ago. And it's, it's, uh, I'm trying to find it. But it's like um, a photo of my protein in, impact way isolate. Has it even gone and bought isolate? As well? <laughs> what do I do with Do I just sprinkle it on top of my wee bits in the morning? Yeah, sprinkle it like a sugar. It's no, you have a scoop in there, scoop in half, get about 30, 35 grams, mix it with the wheat bits, and that's yeah. it. They go to the house then, what they've done, they've shaken up in milk. As, as you would just drinking it and then they poured it on top but they wouldn't used half I said no no use the whole no. thing all, all of it that's the it's, point do you want gains does, um, does anybody else yeah put their obviously make their shake and then pour it over their cereal that's really good yeah especially if you I have like a chocolate whey and cocoa mm-hmm. pops literally amazing and if you're on lower calories if you put frozen fruit in there as well it makes it really voluminous. Nice, voluminous. Mm-hmm. Or mix your mix your cereal with what do you call them? Wheat puffs. They're super oh, super nice. light, and you yeah. can get like a massive bowl for your serving size. So like thirty grams actually fills the bowl, which is mind blowing because most cereals like, don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The um, what was that? TV program with uh, the guy with the double bowel surname that was on a week or so ago and they had a load of kids going into the supermarket and they were allowing them to basically do the shop for themselves and they all just came back with fizzy drinks and cereal um, which that, that, that's my weekly shop uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and the, uh, the so then they started they had a table out in the supermarket and um, they were getting the kids to pour their portion sizes of what cereal they'd have in the morning um and then they sort of said to the parents like is that you know is that a fair representation of what they would normally have and most of them were like yeah pretty much uh one yeah. of them like was literally probably more cereal than i'd eat like it was overflowing this big bowl and she was a tiny little girl as well and her mum was like yeah if anything that's probably less um <laughs> it's like a mixing bowl <laughs> um and uh 
he then started pouring out the thirty grams of like what the the recommended was it, and he would it was a bit annoying because it was like well okay well you know th- who's the thirty grams for is it for for Johnny at like ninety kilos or is it for me at like seventy five is it for you um, as a yeah. you know, a slight female um, who's yeah. that thirty grams for um, so it, so it, it was but it was interesting looking at how little and how depressing thirty grams of cereal actually yeah. is. Uh, yeah. It's like the thing about um, people eating healthy. I'm eating healthy. I'm having a bowl of granola in the morning. Yeah, yeah. How big? Why yeah. no, You weigh thirty grams and see how big it is. Yeah, it's yeah. literally two chunks. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. <laughs> granola is definitely a bulking food. As soon as I'm not actually actively trying to gain weight, it's just no point even trying because <laughs> it's depressing. Absolutely. Yeah, I've never been a big granola fan. It's cereal-wise, I am. Cocoa Pops or Frosties. I'm such a child. Um, yeah, and I don't really venture any further than that. Unless you've got like a variety pack, you go and stay at your grandparents' house, they have a variety pack, and you've already yeah. eaten the Cocoa Pops and Frosties like five years ago last time you stayed yeah. over. <laughs> so you're left with like the cornflakes. <laughs> oh, what are your thoughts on mixing mixing cereals? I used to do it all the time. Again, Cocoa Pops and Frosties. Or mm-hmm. uh, I used to sometimes dabble with Rice Krispies or Cheerios. Um, uh-huh. But uh, no, I'm all for it. Yeah. Back in the day, you used to have a mixing bowl of wheat, um, uh, Rice Krispies, warm Weetabix, obviously crush it up, and then pour it on top of the Rice Krispies. Oh, my God, it was amazing. <laughs> I had to make sure back again. <laughs> so, do, have you two ever gone through the phase of... Uh, I'm really glad we're talking about cereal without Brett as well. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be screaming at the, at the computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um did you ever go fit so when i was younger i i could only have milk as a milkshake when it was cold um i had to warm all my cereal up uh, have any of you gone through that phase i did have warm cereal for quite a long time yeah mm. we had what do we have warm wheat warm shredded wheat shreddies warm like in the winter yeah yeah stuff all the time yeah I, yeah i i don't know why uh, apart from did you ever have was it golden nuggets class yeah, no, those. no, because they go soggy when you warm them up. So that was the only thing I could have. Like I'd have to have cold. But uh, yeah, good chat. <laughs> so um, let's try and rescue this back. So you mentioned uh, you have lower calories on your training days. What sort of training are you doing? <laughs> so that was the higher calories on my training days. <laughs> Sorry, that's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, so my training at the moment is primarily focused around powerlifting. Um, so I competed a few weeks ago and I'm hopefully competing again in about two months time. So it basically at the moment looks like five days a week in the gym. And then on the sixth day, I will do some kind of active recovery cardio type thing. And that's just my own enjoyment and my own kind of fitness because I think it's important to still kind of getting a little bit of sort of healthy healthy um cardio so yeah yeah it's pretty much revolving around squat bench deadlift different variations of squatting benching deadlift ding and the occasional tricep push down and bicep curl just for fun. <laughs> nice. pretty much it <laughs> nice so okay then so let's put this into perspective then um how tall are you uh five foot four and a half and the oh, half is, the very, half important. is very important and <laughs> Um, 
so, uh, I know you probably don't mind, but how much do you sort of weigh, uh, roughly? You can give us like a five kilo thing if you want to be <laughs> precious it's about actually, it. It's, it's, it's an interesting topic of conversation because I've recently gone from, I think I started the year at about 53 oh. kilos. Um, so I was kind of competing in the 52 kilo category. And this year I decided to go up to the 57 kilo category. So I'm now sitting at around about between 57 and 58. So I've actually put on about four kilos in the okay. last four months. <laughs> Eating granola. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what was the what was the sort of the rationale behind that? Um, so as a 50, 52, 53, I would I naturally sit probably around or I sat around about 54. Um, so obviously. I, a, I would have to cut down to get into that category, which limits the amount of progress I can make with my strength training, just because mass moves mass. In powerlifting, the heavier you are, you tend to be stronger. So putting on weight tends to make your lifts go up. Um, and I was quite lean as well at 54, so cutting two kilos was going to be um, kind of not a very nice experience. Um, and I suppose, to be completely honest, it wasn't like I sat down and went, I'm going to bulk and I'm going to eat this many calories. I deleted my fitness pal. Um, I went out a few many times. I still kept my training on point, but I enjoyed basically life. ate out a lot, drank lots of gin, enjoyed my life for three <laughs> yeah. months and then came to competition and went, oh, wow, I'm actually quite a lot heavier than I was before. Um <laughs> But like alongside that, my lifts just flew up um, and I think I kind of got more of a, um, not a balance because I had a balance before, but I think I just allowed myself to really enjoy time away from thinking about nutrition and tracking my intake. And as a result, I relaxed a lot more and my training really, really benefited. So, yeah. Yeah. So I suppose for, for those who are newer to training and that sort of thing, um, if you're if you're lifting heavy or if you're just lifting in general and you're wanting to bump up your lifts and stuff like that, you, you kind of need to be, you don't necessarily have to be in a surplus to be gaining muscle, gaining, you know, mm -hmm. uh, numbers in your lifts, but it helps with like the recovery side of things and, and yeah, uh, and the energy levels as well. So obviously if you're constantly having to diet or maintain your weight to, to be in that category, then uh, it's not going to be aiding your training. So, um so to do how how much have your lifts gone up then? So three months or so. So it's probably easiest to think at the beginning of the year when I started uni. So in October, um, I think my squat was ninety kilos. Uh, my bench was maybe fifty, and my deadlift was a hundred and fifteen, maybe hundred and twenty. Uh, so my squats now up to. 102 I've had 105 on my back before which I think I got but not in competition um so my squat's gone up maybe 15 kilos my bench has gone up to uh 60 kilos and I um it's going really well at the moment so I'd hope that it's gone up a little bit more um by the time I come around to doing singles again and my deadlift is up to 132 in my last competition so again that's got another 12 or 15 kilos on it so, so I yeah. put about over 10 uh, kilos on every lift, isn't it? Right, which is yeah, phenomenal, really. Because it's not as if you're, you're new to training either. No, I've been training for a good three years prior to that. So for your lifts to go up by that much, it's obviously very good 
coaching, very good programming, very powerlifting specific. Whereas I think we spoke about before, I've dabbled in kind of running and cycling and CrossFit and other things. So it's been just solely powerlifting specific for the last kind of, yeah, five months. Do you think, because I think last time we had you on, you were just trying out CrossFit weren't you and I know it's kind mm-hmm. of similar because it's Olympic lifts and stuff it's similar movement yeah. patterns just with a bit of extra flair on the end as you drop yeah. the weight in the air um do you think uh dabbling in a bit of Olympic lifting and that sort of thing do you think that that has helped with your powerlifting? uh yeah I definitely think at the time that I was um dabbling in the CrossFit and the Olympic lifting I needed a different focus I just I um with my training I need to be enjoying it and I do I'm lucky I consider myself lucky that I do enjoy going to the gym I enjoy exercising and I enjoy training um but it was always something that I'd seen and I wanted to give a go um and I can still see myself one day going back to doing a little bit more CrossFit but it's just while I'm at Loughborough I have the facilities and I've got the powerlifting team around me because we do have a very good supportive club here yeah. um I'm kind of making the most of that but I mean for the general person I I may get hate for this but if you go to a good CrossFit gym with a coach that is sensible and programs um sort of like sensible workouts make sure you're doing everything right it's a great effective workout for an hour a day and the community surrounding it honestly made me want to go to the CrossFit gym every single day while I was at home over summer um and that one of the amazing things from that um so, yeah. yeah that's so cool it, I think having that environment definitely definitely helps because I think Johnny you're like me and you train on your own mostly um, me my, my uh, iPod yeah yeah so I've <laughs> always kind of been like that but some of the best training and the best progress I ever made was when I was at university and I was training with like, my best mate every day um, yeah so yeah it's a uh... yeah the best train I ever had obviously I was heavier and I was lifting like a moron every week but still was when it's an old school gym round by me, um, all older heads. So I was like maybe 20, 21. They were in mid 40s, big, big units. You just go and train with them. So you know, come here, come and spot me. You end up training with them. And then because they were so much bigger and so much stronger, you end up trying, right, I'm going to have to come near you to not embarrass myself. So yeah. you're trying to push, you're trying to push. So yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah, I had the same. He was bigger and stronger than me. Now, uh, he won't be listening to this, but uh, my legs are so much better than his. <laughs> <laughs> I've just spent the weekend with him, and that's that's all we've been going on about. Like, his upper half is huge, um, and I'll, yeah. I, like, I'll, I'll never have arms the size of his. But, um, yeah, I'm just always like, uh, oh, uh, how are your legs? Like, you're not putting shorts on today? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good to have healthy competition, for sure. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Even his girlfriend's got more muscular legs than him. <laughs> Did you guys skip a lot of leg training at uni then? We we chance? didn't we didn't do a lot. No, we, we no we did we did and we lifted the same. But um, I think I've just continued it and he he hasn't. He, yeah. <laughs> so I think genetically as well, you you do have sort of different sort of quad tie-ins. You do have sort of yeah. I, his his leg structure is weird. Like he holds a lot more sort of higher up, whereas that that sort of. Uh, teardrop of the quad is very very prominent for me probably the way I activate and things like that and it's just not for him so um yeah it's uh, it's, it's interesting uh, so um so as a female then you're you're pretty strong um you could probably squat more than 
a lot of blokes that I know, uh, especially in my gym. You're definitely squatting more <laughs> than most of the blokes. <laughs> Probably with better form and to better depth. Yeah, most likely as well. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, um, so that's really cool. But what, why I wanted you to sort of say your height and weight and things like that was because you're not some big grizzly bodybuilder woman with a mustache. Um, you know, you're a, a slight female. Um, yet you are. You're lifting big weights. You're training with blokes. You're yeah, lifting some really impressive numbers. Um, so I, I suppose when I know obviously you talked about when you started weight training and stuff, but do you feel as though because obviously you have a pretty decent following, and do you get many questions from women or questions or comments of like they're surprised at how heavy you lift? Uh, yeah. So I think it's still annoyingly it's still a massive misconception that especially something like powerlifting or lifting heavy is going to make you big and bulky and um a lot of girls kind of i've i've done training programs and that sort of thing for clients before um and a lot of the concern is oh but uh why don't i do sort of like 20 reps of of i don't know body weight hip thrusts like surely that's gonna get me to my goals quicker and people do still worry that lifting heavy is going to make them bigger um, and bulkier and I mean yeah it's one of those myths that kind of is really hard to dispel until someone kind of tries out a different style of training and kind of takes it on themselves and realizes that actually lifting heavy as a woman is really a empowering because you feel like without sounding cringe you feel like a badass in the gym you become mentally stronger as well because you are able to kind of push yourself and uh, I don't know there's something about like lifting up a heavy deadlift or PB in one of your lifts that is just such a buzz and makes you feel strong and confident um, and if you look at most females that weight train they are all relatively lean because lifting weights building more muscle mass is going to help in the long term of your body composition um obviously putting down muscle losing a bit of fat which happens to a lot of people when they first start lifting is that toned look so when people come to me and say i want to get toned i'm like right what you want to do is lift some weights maybe eat in a around maintenance or a slight deficit lose some fat and that is kind of toning is showing the muscles that you have underneath the fat. Um, and for people to kind of get their head around what they think toning is versus what they actually have to do to get toned um, is quite like a big barrier when you're addressing people. But once it clicks and people start to see the results um, and start to enjoy their training, um, yeah, I find that people generally fall in love and don't look back basically yeah that's awesome a, a thing i quite often do with women when they say about the toned look is um I, I say show me who you mean show me what you want to look like or who you want mm -hmm. to look like and quite often it's a, a woman who trains like a badass um you know she's not some big scary uh bodybuilder who probably pumps in six milligrams of anavar a, a week or whatever it's uh, yeah. <laughs> um it, it, you know it's somebody who is just you know goes to the gym four five six times a week and, and just trains and yeah just enjoys it uh, and like you say who are a bit leaner and and that sort of thing so yeah no totally um and I, I think it i think it, i think we're getting there though i think it does seem to be one of those things that doesn't seem to be the, the um 
as common as it was with the whole lifting weights makes you bulky. Um, yeah. Johnny, do you find the same? Have you found a shift in recent years? Or I think more, yeah, more so now than it was a few years ago. Because I think obviously women in general would think as soon as you lift weights, right, I'm gonna get huge. And it's like I used to say, look, how there's men who can't get huge and they try every day. <laughs> there's not many huge men around who carry oh, yeah. a lot of muscles. So if they can't do it, you get different physiologies. Women just don't tend to build as much muscle because they're different. Yeah. They can't do it. You're not going to do it by accident unless you're some sort of genetic freak, which is, yeah. again, super unlikely. But yeah, it, it is getting better. But I think I think women in general, in the general population, tend to look at, right, I've lost a stone. So yeah, do you look any better? I mean, if you just don't train, you don't eat no protein, you just you've lost yeah. a stone. Do you look any better? So you need to look better. So what would you rather? Look like I show my picture or lose a, a random scale weight number. And they always say, oh, I want to look like that person. Say, so, well, scale weight, although it is a tool to look at for weight loss, it's not the be all and end all. And I think a lot of a lot of people just look at that and think, right, if I'm not losing on the scale, I'm not losing at all anywhere. And we know yeah. that just isn't the case. But yeah, yeah. it's just proven. So if you if you went on holiday, say you've tried to lose a load of weight for your holiday, like, oh, I only lose a stone for my holiday. Um, it's not as if you have like your I've lost the stone on the back of your bikini bottoms, is yeah. it? It's you know people wouldn't be looking at that. You, yeah, you want to fill out your bikini bottoms, <laughs> sort of thing. Don't you? Yeah, uh, yeah. To, 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 yeah. To, I think it's it's a, it's a topic we've sort of covered in bits and stuff, but it'd be interesting to go kind of in a lot of detail. Um, yeah, yeah. So, and I think a lot of people would benefit from taking a step away from the scale. I remember I did an, an infographic once for a group uh, that I posted in, and it was about like all the different ways that if your scale weight hasn't gone down, why that might be other that like, so like it could be that you haven't gone to the toilet, it might be that you have more. So you, I don't know, like it's female hormones and so many things for a girl that affects, or well, but males and females but especially females that affects your weight so that when you step on the scale either it hasn't gone down or it's gone up and that just becomes a mental battle that makes dieting and feeling good about yourself and your body even harder than it already is so yeah totally you know, definitely definitely absolutely no, this has been a great chat and i'm aware we're coming up to the hour mark so um should we do a few quick fire questions johnny i don't know have you got anything you you really want to find out about fran what is your favorite lift so we are on about powerlifting probably deadlifting just because when i first got into the gym it was one of the first things i learned how to do and i just felt so cool being able to lift a bar off the floor um, and I go through phases where I love it and phases where I hate it, but yeah, probably deadlifting. I think that's probably mine as well. Yeah, yeah. compound lift anyway. Otherwise, it's bicep curl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually hate bicep curls. I'm. I always joke that I am so ridiculously weak at every exercise that is not squat, bench, and deadlift that it's quite embarrassing. <laughs> so you're literally there with the pink 2kg dumbbells. <laughs> literally. <laughs> I was going to say. Stick to 
can't curl to. Yeah. I was going to say, is it because you're not very good at them? Because normally people hate lifts that they're not very good at. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I just don't do them often enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose it, unless you're wanting some massive guns, then um, it's kind of, yeah, it depends on what, what, what you want to achieve, really. Um, okay, then. So if you could pick so ladies listening to this and they're going you know what i'm going to try this whole weightlifting thing um if you mm-hmm. could pick uh four to five exercises that somebody could quite easily go into any gym and do that is going to help uh improve their overall physique what would you what would you say i would for girls i would go with some kind of hip hinge well actually no for anyone sorry I'd go for some kind of hip hinge so a deadlift or a straight leg deadlift and actually the kind of precursor to this is I would say get someone who knows what they're doing so a good PT to show you how to do all of these things because with weightlifting there comes the added um, kind of danger that you do hurt yourself because it is slightly more risky than say running on a treadmill Um, but once you know how to do the movements correctly I would say some kind of hip hinge um, some kind of squatting pattern so whether that be holding a dumbbell with a barbell on your back barbell on your front and um, so a deadlift a squat um i would say some kind of row um so whether that's the seated one or um with a barbell if you're a little bit more advanced i would say either a lat pull down or a pull up so if you can't do pull ups either progressions towards doing a pull up or doing the lat pull down um and then is that four five four um, and then some kind of pressing so whether it's dumbbell pressing um on an incline or a flat dumbbell press or um i would encourage girls to learn how to bench because it's a movement that females aren't necessarily very good at when they first start um but in terms of building well, for me especially building my shoulders um and kind of my chest um the bench has been kind of one of my favorites to progress because I was so weak to begin with that you see progress and it's quite satisfying to improve that so awesome yeah I do find I think quite often women are almost scared to bench press um Mm -hmm. I know I took my Alex into the gym it was her not wasn't me she said I want to go to the gym um and uh, we did a we we did the same sort of thing we did a the compound moves and we were looking at bench and um it was something she she sort of said she was uh worried about oh I, I don't want to I don't want pecs <laughs> um yep. but uh, yeah it, it's something I think people worry about but again going back to that thing of you know you could train bench for years and years and years and it doesn't mean you're going to get like a you know a pectoral yeah. muscle sort of sticking out so and if you yeah it doesn't even because it is such a compound mood it does use so much tricep shoulder core stability leg drive if you use your legs that actually it's probably less activating on your chest than something like a dumbbell chest press yeah but yeah definitely yeah that's awesome um okay then so a couple of quick fires uh what is your favorite gin and tonic gin and tonic and slice so i brought a really nice one from the airport the other day that was ginger and rhubarb um and i just had it with literally just that slimline tonic um, and then I put frozen raspberries in it, and it was really slightly <laughs> unconventional, but it was really, really was nice. Was it the uh, Edinburgh Gin one? Uh, maybe Edinburgh Gin, 
gin distillery yeah in like a glass bottle it's like pinky liquid yeah it was really yeah, good yeah it's only 20 percent. hate to break your heart oh i can just drink more then yeah yeah it means you get double the amount um tell you what that is <laughs> exactly. good though tell you what that is good with um if you put that with prosecco um or something Ooh. like that so put a, a shot of it in with your prosecco um yeah that um, can be my celebration drink then once i finish my exam <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so uh so yeah that's good are you a gin drinker at all johnny no, no, I'm not an alcohol drinker. So I don't know what you're talking about. True, true, true. true. <laughs> Just yeah. smiling and pretending. Yeah, yeah, you know exactly what you're talking about. I've always, I always used to think, not I don't know. I always used to be told that gin is a depressive drink. So even if when I when I have a drink, I've never gone near it. Huh. I don't know if that's true. Is that why it's just miserable old ladies who drink it? <laughs> well, it always used to be anyway. <laughs> it's become uh, really trendy now, actually. So trendy, yeah. I, I, that's why I know so much about it, because obviously selling it will work. <laughs> we're oh, actually yeah, cool. we're making our own gin, which is really cool. So it's just being made at the moment, uh, which is pretty awesome. Nice. Yeah, so uh, I'm sure there'll be lots of that flying around. <laughs> uh, I used to drink a snake bite back in the day, known again. So Stella mixed with bow and top of orange. Terrific. That does sound really good. I watched a guy who was a bit of a football hooligan at the time he was. I wasn't, by the way. Drink 20 pints of it. 20 Jesus. pints. Then go and double vodka and Red Bull. I said, how are you doing it? He said, yeah, that's just how I am. See, what? It wasn't, he wasn't legless. He was talking like me. No. So again, yeah. obviously, you drink too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That is crazy. That is crazy. Well, I've just been at a um, rugby sevens tournament all weekend, um, and some of the like, some of the drink that some of these people can put away is just like crazy because everybody's walking around with two pint uh, two pint glasses, um, uh-huh. and uh, yeah, they're just like one after another after another. It's just like, oh, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, nice. and then to try and play rugby as well. No wonder they had six St John's ambulances lined up next to the pitches. <laughs> Uh, literally stick. there was one pitch and to be fair the ref wasn't that great on it because uh, we had we were there with um, a lot of my mates girlfriends were all playing because uh, they do mm-hmm. a ladies competition as well and I hate to say it but the ref wasn't that good he wasn't calling things like high tackles so no wonder people were getting injured um, but yeah. ev- every game there was a St John's ambulance pulling onto that pitch like not even exaggerating wow. uh, and they are 14 minute games <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, it's just that's, nuts. That's really bad. Yeah, yeah. So that was fun. Um, okay, this is a good question that we've asked a few times. Um, I don't think we asked you this in the first time, but what's the weirdest thing you've ever found in somebody else's house? Goodness. Anything the weirdest goes. thing. I don't even know. What sort of a question is that? Um, Bring some great answers. Most of most of the answers have been fairly similar, but uh... I couldn't even tell you because I found it, but I couldn't even mention it on a podcast. I think. <laughs> but you've listened to the ones where we've had some pretty horrific things, haven't you? <laughs> Can't even think. The weirdest thing I found is someone else's house. I'm gone. I can't think. Can't compute. That's it. We're going to have um, to get you on again so you can say. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Right, give me a couple of weeks to think about that question and fire it at me, yeah. okay? <laughs> we've, had no, some, yeah, we've had some interesting answers. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Which, um... I just can't think of anything that came to mind straight away. <laughs> yeah. uh, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, so if 
there do you want to shout your socials and all stuff like that like you you know i know you've shouted them out before but the people might not have listened to the first few episodes so again episode eight was fran's first episode um but yeah, yeah. what are your socials you've got a good instagram following uh so my instagram is francesca underscore bolt um and it is basically just lots of videos of me trying to power lift um and quite a lot of food the occasional um the occasional motivational post um the occasional physique update and that sort of thing but it basically seems to be just people were interested in my life and what I'm doing with my diet and training which is kind of a weird concept to me I still go to places and people are like oh yeah I follow you on Instagram I'm like oh goodness <laughs> you do <laughs> but um yeah so it'd be nice if people came over and followed me on that and just let me know that they came from the podcast that'd be cool as well um and other than that I'm going to be hanging around a lot in all of the no nonsense nutrition groups so make sure that everyone joins the Facebook group um and yeah I'll be very active there hopefully Real. And if you want to get in touch with Fran at all, just shoot her a message. She's uh, a friendly, approachable person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, awesome. Um, are you going to Body Power this weekend? Um, I believe I am, yeah. I think I'm going to try and go down on the Saturday. So, again, if anyone's there, drop me a message. I think I'm just, I don't even know who I'm going with yet. I think maybe my housemate might come with me. But, yeah, if anyone's around, let me know and I'd love to catch up. Awesome. I think Matt was on about going. Um, I yeah, think I think enough. I might be there. So yeah, it'd be pretty cool. Johnny, are you ah. making the long, long trek? I can't see her. No. <laughs> Shelly works in the south. She's a mobile hairdresser who's not now mobile. She's in the house, and I am. I've got the baby. You're on daddy duty. Yeah, I could bring a sling up and just put it in front of me, but the chances of her staying in there for six hours is slim to none. Feed feed protein bars all day and yeah, yeah. feed a little bit. So she got some. Yeah. She's dead. It's all run. She's not allowed any dairy, so she's oh, knackered. No. Probably 99% of the stuff is out there. <laughs> just, just feed a pre workout. Yeah, you're, not, you're no good at body power if you're either dieting or dairy intolerant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if anybody doesn't know what body power is, it's basically a big fitness expo at the NEC. So if you know how big that is, and you'll know how big body power is. And it's basically all the top brands are there with their kind of instagram people um you can go and meet if you follow them and they just give out all the free samples um but they do some cool stuff as well like they awesome. have the powerlifting stuff they do the strongman stuff they do got all the bodybuilding stuff so it's pretty cool yeah there's a yeah i think there's quite a few shows going on this weekend in terms of bodybuilding and i know a few guys competing down at the crossfit competition there as well so of course yeah yes yeah, yeah. should be cool to go watch and walk around yeah I always regret how many protein bar samples I eat by the time I get home and my stomach's like out here. <laughs> you just have to fast for the rest of the week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, diet down for it. <laughs> just yeah. so long as you're not one of those knobs who walks around with their top off tanned up and they're not even competing. Uh, they're just there for, I don't even know what. Uh, it's like watching a British bloke on holiday walking around the shops in his, in his speedos. That is what body power is like. <laughs> With his um, farmer tan. <laughs> I remember, st- this is not relevant to that, but I, I went to Body Power in 2013, 14. The bodybuilder, a woman, Georgina McLaughlin, is my Scottish, and she's must, she must have been like 14 stone shredded. I, I've never felt so small in my life. She was enormous. Yeah. She was huge. Not 
that's relevant to anything in a minute, but I just popped a mid. So I thought I'd say. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Uh, I, had, I had a couple of quick questions, actually, Fran. So, um, so you on are you on the Loughborough powerlifting team? Uh, yeah, 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 I am. So you can. So the Loughborough, them. the Loughborough University have a combined powerlifting and weightlifting team. Oh, okay. And I am on that team, and next year I'm actually head of powerlifting. Wow. So that's another role that I'm taking on. So that's the idea cool. is to hopefully um, continue to grow the club and get more females involved in powerlifting. So awesome. that is the goal. That is so cool. Excellent. That is yeah. so cool. So that do you do, you do much yeah. with, so do you have coaches that kind of do your programming for you and stuff like that? Yeah, so we have um, two coaches that work with us and we're so lucky that they uh, do all of our programming. They come to training. They help us with technique. Um, we give them video videos and they tell us what we're doing they're actually physically in the gym so in terms of an environment to improve we are so lucky Pretty with sweet. what we have yeah here. yeah yeah i mean it's a sick gym i've been to it myself um yeah and obviously you've got the british uh, weightlifting team trained there as well yeah. Yeah. yeah so we are surrounded by athletes so it's an environment like you say training with people that are bigger stronger and better than you it is the epitome of training with people that are better than you yeah. just training it so that's it's a so very cool. motivating environment. Do you have much to do with the, the British team at all? Do you, do you sort of hang out at all or get tips? In terms of the weightlifters? Yeah. Uh, so we kind of like cross over training time. So say hi, we get to watch in on a few of their sessions, that sort of thing. So yeah, um, that's cool. It's motivational. Yeah. yeah. One of my, uh, somebody who I used to work with, who I sort of loosely keep in contact with, uh, is one of the physios um, based in Loughborough. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, because when we were all down for, must have been one of the last conferences that they held uh, held there. And we, when we trained afterwards, she messaged me and said, "Why are you in Loughborough? <laughs> I've just seen you yeah. in the gym." I was like, well, "What?" Because <laughs> I didn't know she was working there. Uh, yeah, so yeah, that's cool. Uh, no, it's definitely. If you ever, if anyone ever comes down to any of the Mac Nutrition conferences, you definitely have to go and train at Powerbase. Yeah, it's pretty sure. cool. It's worth the tenor entry. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, amazing. Yeah. Right. Well, has anybody got anything they want to pipe up with? Uh, no, no. Uh, I think we're still uh, taking on applicants, as weird as that says, uh, sounds, for the fiftieth episode. So that'll be rolling out in two weeks' time. And I think we're planning on doing like a like a mini medley of like interviews with different people. So we've had quite a few people get in touch and just got cool stories and just just want to chat. Um, so I think we're going to record them in sort of like smaller snippets and add them all together uh, to make a mega episode. So that'd be pretty cool. Uh, That's gonna be really. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So if you want if if you want to kind of get in on that, either message me or brett or any of us um message the page or email us at uh, info at triple n coaching.com i had to think about that <laughs> as in three three n's not the word triple n <laughs> three n's. So, when, when, whenever i'm writing my email out, i'm always like one two three <laughs> with three the n's. N's. <laughs> 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 anyway on that uh, on that note, let's uh, let's say goodbye. Oh yeah! I hope everyone has a lovely bank holiday tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. don't be sat. Yeah, don't be burned. Sat in the sun listening to this. That's what people will be doing. Uh, sipping on rhubarb and ginger gin. That is what I plan to do tomorrow. I am actually going to an all-day barbecue. So nice. Oh, nice. If I I might be doing some drunk Instagram stories like 
like yours at the weekend. Don't, don't even go there. Don't, I left it up for the just because I've, I've honestly never had so many people message me going, you made me laugh so much. So, so funny. So funny. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I'm glad that's run out now. <laughs> and that's gone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, right. Speak to you all soon. Cool. Right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.